Oh. What? Oh. I. I was just doing trash. Uh, like taking the trash out. Putting a new bag in because I suck at that. I never put the new bag in. I always just take it out and then I just forget that I gotta do that. But I was trying to figure out how to start this podcast off. Because um, it isn't always easy and just talking. You know, normally I need to have something. What do I got to talk about? You know, come up with something. <clears throat> and uh, then it hit me that this podcast, this episode, um, you know, when you start doing things, when you start accomplishing things, or you're playing sports, or you know, you're putting yourself out there, you realize that there's levels to, to shit that you're doing. There's levels to everything. This episode, I feel like, leveled me up a little bit. Um, it, it's hard to... It, it's just hard to, like, put into words exactly what I mean by that. But it, it kind of, like, pushed me to actually, like, talk about something different. Um, and to be able to talk to somebody that I've been watching during this Muay Thai adventure... Um, He's just so prevalent within the world of Muay Thai that, and especially American Muay Thai, that it's hard not to fanboy out and instead just to have a conversation about about some real shit. So, so this is a good one for me. I really enjoyed it. Um, I hope you do too. So please follow along. Uh, Kevin Ross is coming up. All right, yeah, man. Um, yeah, no, thanks for coming on. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't really do, uh, you know, any fancy intros or anything like that. It's just, it's just conversation between you and I, and kind of, you know, see where it goes. Um, yeah. And so, so, for my listeners that are out there, um, today's conversation, we're gonna be talking to Kevin Ross. Uh, he should not need any introduction and. Your resume is so long that there's no way I'm going to be able to to kind of say all that. So I'll just kind of, you know, hand the mic over to you, let you kind of give it a little intro and, uh, you know, start going through your story on kind of where you started, uh, how you got from, you know, being the, the raging alcoholic into the dude that you are now, you know, and that yeah. the story and lessons you've learned throughout the way. Yeah, for sure. It's a... a uh... It's a long, long story, but I'll, I'll sum it up as best I can. Um, as you said, my name is Kevin Ross. Um, I started training in January of 2003. Uh, I was living in Vegas at the time. Uh, up until that point, I was pretty much just wasting my life away, drinking full-blown alcoholics since I was like 14, 15 years old. You know, really fell into that. Vegas lifestyle, just drinking drugs, partying, going out every night, and just wasting my life away, you know. And um, ever since I was a little kid, I was always fascinated by fighting. I love boxing. Um, I love martial arts too, though, you know. So I had thought about maybe boxing one day, but but because I love martial arts so much, that was always really kind of calling to me more so um, than just boxing. But I never really could find any real fighting real martial arts fighting um yeah. you know a lot of uh, point sparring and you know the old school american kickboxing kind of thing and then i really mm-hmm. 
kind of gave me that same feeling I would get when I would watch like a, a boxing fight. You know, there was just something different there and, and to, to that extreme level. Uh, I never really saw it in the martial arts aspect until one day in 94. It was actually right when we moved to Vegas. Actually, I think it was 95. Um, the summer of 95, I was watching ESPN at like two in the morning and they had a Muay Thai fight on there. And I'd never even heard of Muay Thai before. Or not, or not, I don't remember ever hearing about Muay Thai. And when I saw it, when that started, it just really lit a fire in me, you know, triggered something that was everything that I'd been looking for. I knew that was it. You know, I was like, if I'm going to do this, and if I'm going to fight, this is what I want to do. Yeah, so I started looking into it a little bit more, trying to find if there was gyms in, the, in Vegas. Uh, there was a couple, but there was only one in Vegas at the time that had Thai instructors. And, you know, from my perspective at the point, I was like, if you're going to do it, might as well do it from the source. Yeah. Um, and plus they, they were one of the only ones in the, in Vegas that taught like private lessons. And, and I kind of knew that if I'm going to do this one, I was already starting super late. I mean, when I learned about it, I was 15. I, I, I thought it was starting late <laughs> and I didn't actually get started until I was 23, but I kind of knew that, I would need to do private lessons and one-on-one -on -one coaching because my goal was to fight. It wasn't just to do this for fun. It wasn't to do this just to kind of learn a little bit in a class. And, you know, I figured the fastest way to do that would be one-on-one -on -one lessons, you know, with the, with the coach and everything, you know, after I found out basically how much it was going to cost <laughs> trying to do that, um, I didn't have any money at the time anyway. So I, I definitely couldn't do that. And then I contemplated maybe, just doing the lessons uh, or the the classes and once in a while trying to get a private lesson here and there but also I, w I wasn't ready to give up partying and drinking and i knew that if i was going to do this i've always been an all or nothing kind of guy you yeah. know if i'm going to do it i'm going to i'm going to go all the way and i'm going to have to give up everything that i'm doing i'm going to probably lose all my friends and this is really stupid because you know everyone's going to laugh at me I and mean, if you knew me at that time it would be so far from anything realistic uh, you would, you know, it, it's like a joke, you know, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, I'm not, a. Uh, I was very skinny, very shy, very, I mean, I was always athletic, you know, but I, I don't think you would look at me and be like, Oh yeah, that guy's going to grow up one day and be a world champion fighter. You know, when, <laughs> when you were like drinking and everything, were you fighting a lot then? I mean, no, like, I mean, I was, I mean, I got into a lot of, a lot of bad situations, but I was never a externally violent person. I always put it on myself. You know, I was always self-destructive when it came to that, you know, that aggression, you know, a lot of, a lot of depression and stuff growing up, you know, my parents split up really early You know, we got dragged around the country, moving from place to place, growing up on welfare, growing up, you know, living off of friends and you know, it was, it was just a tough time and, and a lot of that stuff, you know, create a lot of uh, um, depression and anxiety and, you know, anger and rage. But it, I always uh, focused it internally as opposed to externally. Mm -hmm. You know, I was never I was never a violent or aggressive person. So. So, again, that's why you. Think we might have lost you. You there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, lost Hold you for on. a second. Yeah, let me, let me. I'm gonna switch over to this other channel.
this happens, guys. It's all part of the internet, you know. It's not like anybody has the internet quite figured out. All right. Is that working now? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, picking up where I left off. Yeah, so what I was saying was, was I was never uh, outwardly aggressive. I was always internally very self-destructive, that, hence the constant drinking and, and things like that. Did you have that, like, kind of watch me hurt myself to hurt you type thing or like does that mentality no, make sense i mean it's almost no, like you get angry never, so you just want to like prove it was to, yeah i mean i i understand that kind of outwardly i never did it for someone else's you know i i like i i hit a lot of it what i was doing you know, i didn't i didn't want this attention from people that they're like oh i'm hurting myself so you can look at me like Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some kind of sympathy or anything. You know, I was very, I mean, relatively quiet about it. I mean, the drinking wasn't quiet, but but a lot of the stuff I did. So no, I didn't. I never wanted. I hated attention. I never wanted the attention on me at all. That was actually something that kind of drove me away from sports when I was a child because I didn't like. I didn't like the attention. I didn't like the fact that in order for me to win, somebody else had to lose. Um, I also always hated the the team aspect of of sports where no matter how hard i work someone else can slack off and then you know it doesn't really matter so i as much as i enjoyed athletics i always hated team team sports and you know i think that's what really uh, what i love so much about fighting because even though you are working within a team aspect it's, it's still solely reliant on how much work you do or do not put in yeah um uh, but yeah, so as I said, I, I saw Muay Thai when I was 15. I, I, I thought about it, really thought about it, but it, it just seemed like the, this crazy dream that would never happen. It kind of seemed ridiculous. And uh, and again, when, once I found out how much it was going to cost and, and really realized what I would have to do in order to make this happen, I kind of just put it in the back of my mind, like, this is just some crazy dream. This is never going to, this is never going to go down anyway, but Every time I would see a fight on TV or wherever, that would just come rushing back, you know, and like, ah, oh, man, I should really be doing this. You know, I, I really want to do this. Who were you watching back then? Like, do you remember uh, bo- boxing fights? Um, you like know, K1 and going through that? Or? No, I mean, I didn't, I didn't probably see K1 until closer to uh, 2000 time, you know, okay. when I really started watching uh kickboxing muay thai that kind of thing yeah it wasn't until probably right before i started uh, up until that point it was mostly boxing um you know i mean i was watching when when the ufc first started but mm-hmm. but even that never i didn't think that was the same thing i wanted to do you know it was like mm-hmm. I, I like to watch it and i enjoyed uh the competitive aspect of it and the fighting and everything but it just wasn't i wasn't like oh yeah i'm gonna do that one day um it, it, it was just there's something about whatever it is about Muay Thai um, that just speaks to my soul, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. It's for me, Muay Thai has been really weird. I'm pretty new um, into my journey. I like after rehab um, I did, I also used to drink a lot. And so like that outwardly thing of like, you know, watch me type thing. That's, that was something that I used to do a lot. Mm. Um, It was kind of, 
I don't know. I used I was just like a huge manipulative piece of shit, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it's, well, it's, good, a, it's good you can admit that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it's not something I'm proud of, though. You know, it's not something that I look back on and I miss. Um, it's something that I have to look back on, and it's almost like rereading a, a really bad chapter in my book, just mm. reminding me to not go backwards. Um, yeah. But with Muay Thai, it's it's helped me kind of focus um like fun like i'm i'm so tense you know and the same with like jujitsu is i'm just always so tight that i can't just let loose and play yeah yeah. and just have fun and so like it's it's the whole journey of of trying to navigate not only like the mental aspect of it but also trying to get your body to do what you want it to do while you know having fun and being disciplined at the same time it's a very very um hard journey for me to be a part of right now but i'm enjoying it a lot it's yeah how did you get started so like you're drinking a lot um you know you have like a circle of friends and everything um how do you kind of like stop that old life you know yeah because i I know (laughs) what that life is like you know it it sucks Mm -hmm. and just physically you're beat up but the mental aspect of you know just stopping did you have to go to rehab or like talk to some friends or um... uh no was, i mean it's an interesting story so um the only person i ever told about this my this crazy dream of mine was my my one of my best friends mo um and we were up late one day i think this was like uh 98 maybe we were like hanging out drinking on his roof drinking 40 smoking weed and Yes, he, he asked me what I wanted to do with my life, and <laughs> what are you talking about? Like that seemed like the craziest, stupidest, like like nonsensical uh, question ever. Like, what do I want to do with my life? Like, what are you talking about? Like, what do I want to do? And I, it just doesn't didn't even register in my mind. You know, one for myself, I always had this date in my mind that I'd never lived past the year two thousand. I, I thought it was going to be dead by then and and clearly the way i was living you know that wouldn't be very much a surprise so i never really i just didn't expect to live very long for for whatever reason so uh, i never really thought about it you know and i never i never thought about the future um i never thought about what i would do and i never it never really kind of registered to me in like an emotional way it was just like that's just like the way it is you know it's not it's not good or bad. It's just, you're not going to live very long. Um, anyway, so he asked me that and, uh, you know, I, I hesitated to tell him, but eventually I was like, yeah, I want to fight one day. And, 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 you know, I was half expecting him or all the way expecting him just to start laughing at me. And he didn't laugh at me. And he, he really, you know, he was like, well, you know, if anybody can do it, I think that you can, I really think you can do it. It really, surprised me and, and it always stuck with me that he said that you know and you know at the time i was like yeah maybe i will do it but you know i went back to drinking and all that but but you know as i look back that always that always stuck with me um and about two years later he actually passed away he was born with a heart defect and was always in and out of hospitals his whole life and you know it was one of those things that kind of always knew but didn't maybe didn't want to admit it you know maybe hope that he was one day going to get a transplant which he never did but he passed away in 99 and 
when he died, I, I, I promised myself that I would, you know, go after this dream, if not for myself, and then at least for him, you know, I was like, he didn't even get to do anything. He didn't get a chance to fail at a dream and I'm too scared to even try. So that night after he passed away, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do him and do it. But after, you know, the drunken coping coma I came out of, <laughs> never really came out of actually, you know, it just went back to the same thing I was doing before. Um, and then ironically, uh, right before New Year's going into 2000, I was died in a, what it would have been in this horrific car crash, but I narrowly missed it by mere inches. And that kind of stuck with me, you know, for a moment there, I was like, I felt like that was the moment I was supposed to die. And then I didn't. Um, and then from that point, you know, I, I started looking at things a little bit differently. I'm like, well, that's when you were supposed to die. Now you're not dead. So what are you going to do? And then I, what uh, also kind of I realized was if my best friend was still alive, he'd beat the shit out of me because I just wasted three more, two, three more years of my life drinking, pissing, pissing my life away just because I'm too scared to go after this dream, you know? And it really, yeah. it just like smacked me in the face one day, like all at once. And I was just like, I have, I have to do this. I have to do this. So, um, you know, I made it my, my new year's resolution. Um, well, it wasn't until two years later, but I made it my new year's <laughs> resolution to, um, finally go after this. You know, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to finally do this. And, uh, prior to that, I had actually, I think in 98, I'd called around to, to the gyms and, you know, I went down and talked to, uh, one of the instructors at, at, at Master Toddy's gym. So I kind of knew where I would do it if I was going to. Um, and then that first week of January, 2003, I just made up my mind. I was like, I'm doing this. I have to. And it was always, I was always um, so motivated because I knew how much of my life I had wasted by, by out of fear, out of doubt, out of, out of all these excuses. I knew I was starting very late in the game so all those, all those kind of doubts and fears, and it's not to say I didn't have them. It was, you have them. So what you're, you're, you're starting late. So what you're doing this. So what you, you have a choice to make. You can either go after it. You cannot. And, and it doesn't matter what your excuses are. You just got to do it. So I think because I was so driven, I was able to focus all of that energy into this as opposed to Oh, I'm like going through like withdrawals of drinking and that. And I was just, I was just uh, uh, like possessed, you know, I was, I was, I was like, this is it. It, does, it doesn't matter how bad I feel. It doesn't matter how scared I am. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, how full my physical dependency is on all these other things. It, it just didn't matter. You know, I was, I was just, just that like Muay Thai for me was, was my rehab. Yeah. Yeah, no, I did, uh, I used jujitsu for my neck after my medical crash and I couldn't really walk that well. They started doping me up with all this like gabapentin and shit. And uh, I, I reached out to a buddy that I went to high school with. I thought he was just a instructor at the gym and I, it comes to find out he's actually part owner uh, with Métis mm. um, Jeopardy. He's there. They own final round together and so it was like i went in had to talk to him that was like the first step of like kind of putting in some accountability of mm -hmm. you know like when should i show up what's a good day this is what i'm going through 
And then it took me like two weeks to actually grow the balls to go in. And then just that first day, you know, like you step on the mat and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, you know, I just instantly locked up and tried to like strangle somebody. And it, it, was, it was just horrible. But but that kind of leads me into um, like the, the journey aspect of things. And that's actually... It's a, it's a weird thing because that's actually what drew me to you more than the fighting of it. Yeah. Um, the fighting aspect was kind of listening to you on other podcasts, uh, some YouTube videos um, uh-huh. that you have out to where you, you have this level of vulnerability to you um, that for me is, you know, that's something that, you know, a year ago was unobtainable to be able to actually express feelings, let alone be able to kind of like, articulate them um, yeah. to myself and so I'm just kind of wondering how much of martial arts you know got into that because yeah. I didn't start caring about you know like my mental f- until I started martial arts you know right. before that I was just a big meathead in the gym just uh-huh. you know, pick up put down and now it's like I'm learning there's there's definitely a journey to this and you do have to be accountable and it's a very spiritual or I don't know if spiritual is the right word maybe you have a better yeah I mean I would say spiritual can be like a multitude of I mean you don't have to actually like view it as like this spiritual or religious or whatever thing you know it's it is a centering kind of deal and like a a cleansing of of whatever you want to call it if you don't want to call it your spirit or whatever that's that's really just whatever kind of label you want to put on it but yeah it is very um you have to go inside for for things to work out externally and i think that's also a you know we've always i feel like the world has always been looking externally for things and that's why the world is the way that it is because nobody nobody does the work internally and then it always manifests itself externally in these in these negative ways because we're always looking outside for 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 um you know uh (laughs) for um like validation yeah validation in the things that we do and you know we're always uh um you know overcompensating for for whatever the things may be and they 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 show up in these really awful ways Uh, you know we're we're constantly looking out it's like oh we need to explore space and we explore the other things but you think about internally and like just this earth and just inside of ourselves like how little um we emphasis we put on that is is is, i think a, a huge problem in the world you know and, and it's only it seems to only be getting worse the more we're trying to like reach outward for these things uh, where we're just getting so far away from that and everything's just just not good yeah yeah did, have you so you you quit drinking have you done did you do meetings or are you sober you know is there <laughs> like yeah I, I'm uh, kind of no i'm uh you know i it's an it's kind of an off and on thing i mean the first i quit cold turkey day one and then um, I, I, I stayed sober that entire first year. And then after that first year, I was like, all right, I, I, I want to, it's like, I wanted to learn how to basically have a healthier relationship with not just alcohol, just things in general. Cause it's, a, I've always found that on, on one aspect, you can just cut these things off, but 
just by cutting them off, you don't necessarily learn the tools that you need to, um, you know, have the strength when, when things go bad or, or whatever the case may be. And sometimes by shutting it down so much, um, the relapse from that can be, can be even worse, you know, because you don't have that balance in between, you know, so if you do fall, you fall really, really hard and it's that much more difficult to pick yourself back up. So for myself, I, I wanted to kind of develop that strength. You know, it's like, I want to be able to maybe have a drink or two if I want to, and also say no, if I want to not just ignore it and pretend that it's not there. Um, so after that first year, I had a fight. It was like my second fight. Um, you know, I let myself drink that night of the fight and then the next day. And then by Monday, I was back in the gym and cut it off, you know. So then it became that kind of deal where it was like everything's 100 percent on fighting. Uh, when I have a fight, you know, I'll hang out after the fight a little bit, maybe that weekend. And then by Monday, shut it down again. So and then I, I was able to do that for a for a, for a for a while, you know, it became, I was like, okay, I can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, uh, it's not affecting anything else, but then, you know, like most things it's like one day it became two and then two days became three and then three days became a week and then a week became a month. And then I was like, all right, all right, this is getting a little out of control. And then I, I cut it off again. So I, I, I stopped drinking completely. So I've done that like five or six times in the last uh, 20 years. Anytime that I feel like it's getting a little out of control. <laughs> I'm like, all right, we're going to go cold Turkey for the, where I'm not going to drink this whole year. Yeah. Um, and I know that in some aspects, it would be better if I never touched a drop of alcohol ever again in my entire life. And maybe, maybe that would be good, but maybe, maybe it wouldn't, you know, maybe that might show up in some other ways negatively. So it's, I feel for myself, it's just been a kind of a constant learning and, you know, figuring it out, you know, as I said, I, you know, I I would never, I don't want to encourage other people to drink or do anything like that. I'm just, I'm just trying to uh, navigate this myself. And I I do my best to be kind of open and honest with the, with these struggles that I go through, not, not just drinking, but fighting in life and everything else. And I think, um, you know, I think that's what we all need is, if more of us were vocal about these things, we realize that we weren't so alone and so isolated. And, you know, we think we're the only ones going through stuff. And, you know, every, every person on the planet goes through very similar things just on different levels. Oh yeah. That's, that's how this whole podcast started. I was actually sitting in the hospital in, uh, in Minnesota and cause I had to go to the Mayo clinic um, we like I went to through U of M system, University of Michigan. They had no idea what was going on, sent me to uh, Mayo. And they're supposed to be the best, you know, in the world. And in that hospital is amazing. Um, but I'm just sitting there and realize that I have nobody to talk to, you know, mm-hmm. um, like I, I just felt so alone, even though I have, you know, like my fiance, I have, you know, plenty of friends, everything. It's just I didn't feel like anybody actually was going through with what I was going through. And then I just needed to find out if other people were. Yeah. You know? So it was like just reaching out to people and just being vulnerable myself was actually, I found the ticket to having those conversations of, mm-hmm. you know, actually opening up and talking about being afraid of things and acting basically on fear for most of my life. And, you know, it's like, 
I just, it took myself opening up in order for other people to be able to have that conversation with me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people aren't just willing to to go around talking about their fears, expectations, and, and all that shit, you know, on the street. But, like, you're very right in, in that uh, it just seems like we're so focused on ourselves that nobody else has problems. But if you actually sit down and talk to people mm-hmm. and you're real and vulnerable and you're not trying to, like, put something on them and you just let it flow like you can find that you know there's always similarities in people and a lot of times I found like some struggles I'm going through when I have those conversations the other person is like has something to give me to where I can look at it from another perspective Uh, you know it's the same with fighting you know you're in the ring and then you figure a guy out you get his timing down then somebody else comes in and now you have to change your entire game and yeah. it's it's a really cool journey to to be on because I feel like before I was like almost in this river to where it was just flowing. I was just going day to day, you know. I didn't mm-hmm. really know exactly what I was trying to do, where I was trying to go, and and now I can see like uh, personal growth and progression, and that's almost become like my new addiction. Yeah, what can I accomplish today? You know, like I have like a list of things that I want to do professionally. You know. Um, personally and in the gym and it's having those goals set Mm -hmm. you know like actually wanting to to push further um how do you do that how like what's your process of actually trying to identify a problem and you know like move past it um you know i fighting for me has been such a lesson you know really has shown me like the things you are forced to learn through fighting or really through anything difficult you know fighting is you know one of those things just like athletics are or anything else you you have to learn so many things so many lessons that are vital in life are 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 daily and then in the gym you know and those that process of becoming a better fighter martial artist whatever you know you can take that and apply that to basically every every problem any anything i mean all of these things are are based on the same principles you know if you want to get stronger you have to you have to you have to work harder you have to you have to kind of uh break yourself down in order to build yourself up you know there's a process there it's a daily thing it's a it's a uh it's consistency it's it's learning uh, the right ways and the wrong ways to do things. And a lot of times you don't necessarily know how to do them, but just by going forward, you're going to learn and you're going to figure it out or you're going to figure a lot out. And and as you figure more of it out, you're going to realize what pieces work, what pieces don't, there's going to be other people going through the same things. And, you know, it it just becomes this, uh, this process that, that, really on the simple level of everything they're they're all it's all this everything's the same you know the 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 process to getting stronger the process to getting better the process to getting smarter um, the process to getting more flexible whatever the case may be the process is always the same the details may be different and you know that is but if if you simplify it in in that aspect you can apply that to basically everything you know, what am I doing today to get better? Is, is what I'm doing today helping me or is it making making me weaker? Is it making me stronger yeah. or is it making me worse? And 
when I started viewing things through that lens, um, you know, it just, it just, it made everything much clearer to me about how, how to go about things, how to not, um, you know, make excuses where, cause we all have excuses. Everyone's got excuses, mm. you know, uh, those excuses don't make us uh, special. <laughs> it's like what we do with them does. And the, the longer that I've done this, the more that I've learned about life, other people's stories and journeys, the more I've recognized that that fact is, is everyone has to go through this process, no matter who they are, no matter what gifts or, or, or um, benefits they were given, you know, you still have to work hard. You still have to go through this struggle. It might not be the same as somebody else, but they're probably going through more than you realize. You're just, we tend to look at these one aspects like, oh, this person was so lucky because they came up this way. Like, yeah, maybe they did, but you didn't see what that came with as well. Yeah. You know, it's like when you look at a, a fighter or someone in the spotlight, like, oh, I wish I was there with, the, I wish I could do that. But you don't see what that comes with. You don't see the pressure that comes with. You don't see the work that comes with. You don't see what it took to get there. You don't see how many failures they went through and continue to go through. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say that's that's what's always encouraged me to be very vocal about uh, the ups and the downs and the wins and the losses and being transparent about this journey because I recognized very early coming up I was like I don't I didn't really have anyone to look to in this sport for encouragement other than you know the greats but but like someone that did what I did like an American that started late that you know went through the things that I went through. So I knew that if I could be that for one person, then that encouraged me to be more transparent and vocal in my journey because I, I understood the importance of it, you know, and, and that's why I've always tried to try to do that when I can. And, um, you know, I think that's what's helped me kind of stay very grounded in this. You know, I've never really felt, I still don't <laughs> to this day feel like, this person in the sport you know i don't i don't feel any different than anybody else you know i look at someone that's just starting and i feel that way because i still view myself as i'm just trying to get better you know i'm just i might be farther along in the timeline and the journey but we're all we're all at the beginning in the grand scheme of things you know if, if if the if there is no end because our growth and our strength and everything else is infinite because it can always be developed. It can always go further. We're, we're all at the beginning. Um, you know, I've kind of always maintained that, that outlook and mentality th throughout my journey. Yeah. It's, there was something, um, first I want to get this question out, but you don't need to answer it. I want to know how important your mindset is to the actual fight itself um but <laughs> all, kind of of, <laughs> but all of it but to yeah. kind of juxtapose that um one thing that they they kind of almost preached in the uh the facility the rehab um, facility i went to is you're good enough you know mm. and and they kept like almost trying to like hammer you know this theory into my head that i was good enough and it never made sense to me i just kept continuously fighting them and I still hold that to this day of, I don't think I'm good enough because I can, I know I can be better. Like I'm, I'm good enough for who I am today, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that I can be better, you know, it's, yeah. so it, it's, it's a very weird kind of position to be in when you actually realize that there's something going on that you don't like that you do, whether it's mm-hmm. acting like a Karen in a grocery store, you know, and then feeling like a dick later on, you know, and then realizing you can change that. And then once you change one thing and it, it kind of set the domino effect, it, it just places everything in there and to where, yeah. Um, my buddy got me this book. It's like a, you, I just read it every day, like a daily meditation thing, and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of been something that I've used as an anchor point to kind of um, guide me throughout my day, um, yeah. and, which is a perfect uh, segue into the mindset of when you're actually fighting. So you have your fight week. Does that are you anxious leading up to it, or you're pushing? How many fights do you have right now? you're up there 75 yeah and and for people that are listening that aren't too familiar because there's a lot of guys that'll uh, just watch mma and they're seeing like eight and two records (laughs) (laughs) Uh, in the ufc eight and two yeah there's like you'll get guys over in thailand that have well over 200 fights yeah when they're 12 yeah (laughs) yeah exactly um how does have do you have like a a system of going in to keep your mind focused on something or do you like how yeah i'm just kind of curious uh, the actual no, fight I w- in that week i wouldn't say a system um everything from day one to the end is is all a part of this continuous journey it's not something you can pick up and put down and that that's something i recognize very early on is the people that did that, you know, it's like you train, 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 you have a fight and then you disappear for a month and then you come back. You know, it's not something that you you can put down and come back to. You know, I feel like there's this train moving and every time you hop off, you're farther back behind it. You have, like you have to stay on this train. Now there's there's levels of, of pushing it harder and, and slowing it down. But if you step off, you know, you, you're losing so much. So I always you know, it's like the, there's always something you can be doing. There's always work that can be done, even if you're laying in bed and taking a day off. You know, you can still be working on your uh, mental aspect of it. But but as you are training for a fight, you know, leading up to it, the months, uh, the weeks, the days, it's like you're continually turning into this different person this different version of yourself this you know not killer but you're almost you almost become robotic in a lot of ways where it's not or at least i do anyway it's it's you become so in tuned with what you're doing that you you lose connection with any external things you know it's just this fight it's just this moment Mm. um so for myself I don't know. I guess I, I've always been kind of weird <laughs> when it comes to that because uh, fighting for me really like centers me, calms me down. Actually, like I, I go, I'm I'm so far on the other end of the spectrum than most people because most people, you know, they get they get super nervous, they get very anxious, they 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 kind of want it to be over as soon as possible. You know, I look at guys like Joe Schilling, and he's like, I want this fight to be over now, so I'm gonna knock you out as soon as possible. Uh, where myself, you know, I feel like in a lot of ways, this kind of um, hindered me to a degree. Like I enjoy it. Like I love 
love it so much that I almost don't, I don't want it to be over. <laughs> like I want it to, I want to keep going. I want to fight, you know, 20 round fights. I don't want to, I don't want to be done in two seconds. So sometimes I, a lot of times really, I, I find myself like I enjoy it too much. So I'm like enjoying like almost the game of fighting as opposed to, you know, there's like a life and death situation uh, and you should probably get it over with uh, as fast as possible. So there, there's a lot, especially the, I don't say the last couple of years, but I was also fighting kind of a clearly a different caliber of person. And I'd been in the sport for so long. So then it really did become like, I was just having fun, you know, but it was, yeah. there's, I've had a lot of stages of my, um career but no i've never i've never struggled with like staying focused and centered and you know ready to do this because again i've always i've always viewed myself as playing catch-up you know I, I i recognized how far behind i was from where i could have started from or, or from where most people had started from so every moment of every day i was like i know that i'm behind i need to do everything 10 times more than anybody else i need to be 10 times more focused uh uh, more disciplined if anything isn't helping me get better i viewed it as getting worse and i think a lot of things that we do we view in this kind of it's not that bad uh, mindset kind of like with diet and training and everything else we're like oh well i can have this beer i can have this cookie i can have this day off you know it's not that bad it's not that big a deal but we we continually do that over time and eventually you end up in this really broken down weakened state and it's the same thing with with uh getting stronger the more you can push yourself to that 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 side of the spectrum where is this is this making me better or is this making me worse i feel like if you can view things where there is no in between it simplifies your decision making and the things that you want to do is um, there is no it's not that bad it's either better or it's worse yeah. it's one of the two and you know in a lot of ways too though that extreme uh mindset can can be detrimental and it can can i think but i think you have to if you really want to do something to that high extent you know that that mm -hmm. top 10 percentage um you have to have a certain level of obsession and focus, hopefully not in a detrimental way, but, but you do have to uh, prioritize, you know, what's more important to you right now is, is going out and hanging out with your friends more important than what it's going to take to become the best that you can be in whatever field it may be. And yeah. it, it it's very easy to rationalize, you know that it's not that big a deal that it's not that bad and yeah you're right it isn't that big a deal but is it helping you get to that ultimate goal and if it's not from my perspective is that you probably shouldn't do it yeah the that obsession is it's lonely um uh -huh. it's, it's uh so for myself when i decided to change my life i i decided to change my life you know i didn't just want to yeah. change one thing it was no my life sucks i want to change it and i'm like I work with combat athletes, uh, with their nutrition, their weight cuts, oh. um, you know, doing all that and going back to school to get my master's to, you know, I'm going towards like the UFC PI is kind of like where my goal is. Oh. Um, and I'm going to get there. Um, you know, I have a huge team around me. That's amazing. 
but it's extremely lonely because that's all I can think about, you know, yeah. is, is getting this done and what can I learn? Because I look at it as how can I make this person a weapon? You yeah. know, um, it's, it's not about me. It's all about the fighter and getting them to the fight and watching them throughout the weight cut process. And then the way ins, the rehydration. And then you, at some point, uh, switch flips, you know, some uh-huh. people it, it's later on, some people it's during camp or the first, you know, the last week. Um, so it, it's just, it's always different, you know, kind of how things work. Um, I know I've also gone through a lot of injuries, just like with medical shit that's been going on, but, yeah. you know, torn like an intercostal. Um, oh, that's fine. I did that right, yeah. before, I fought, right before I fought Tomahawk. Uh, 10 days before the fight. Like, oh, my God. Testing. Dude, I was the worst shit ever. I yeah. was literally in bed for two days. I couldn't lay down. I couldn't sit up. I, I kind of found this angle to sit at and had these really short breaths. And this was 10 days before a world title. And I was like, I don't know. I don't, maybe I shouldn't do this. You know, maybe, maybe I should put the fight off for a month or something, you know, and then, mm-hmm. You know, I'm sitting there debating. I'm like, I can't, I, I literally can't even breathe. I can't even move. How am I supposed to have this fight with this lunatic Australian kid? You know, this is this is bad. You know, I've worked my whole career to get to this point and finally got to this point and this happens. And it was one of those things where, you know, fortunately um, or unfortunately, I, I had so many injuries throughout my career and, and things like this, you know, I recognized that just because something awful happens doesn't mean it's going to be an awful thing in the fight, you know, and a lot and for myself in a lot of ways, it actually made me fight better because I had to be that much more focused and driven. And, um, you know, I never, I view, I guess I view things as like, at what point does it become, you're just being a baby about it. You know, you can say like, yeah, I broke my hand. Maybe you shouldn't fight. But then some people are like, Oh, I twist, I stubbed my toe. Maybe I shouldn't fight. Like there's a spectrum there. And I've always been on the extreme end. I was like, if I can breathe, I'm going to fight. You know, even if you have to stand me up in the corner, I'm going to fight. And because I had gone through so many other injuries, uh, you know, it was one of those things where I just, I I realized you have have a choice to make. You know, it's not, regardless of the injury, you you don't have, everyone's got an excuse not to do something. whether it's it's real or made up in your mind we all have excuses not to do stuff Um, and it's the ones that take those excuses and use them to 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 push past it that that end up making it it's the ones who view these excuses and these reasons why they can't or or don't feel like they can make it uh, they don't do anything and that that's unfortunately the majority of of our mindsets because these things are very real you know, even if they are just in our mind, it's a very real, you have very real reasons not to do a lot of this stuff that we do. Um, but I started, you know, from the beginning of, of dealing with injuries and stuff, I started doing those things as a, uh, a question. It was like, when something bad would happen, it was like, how bad do you want? Do you really want to do this? Yeah. That's the question I, I perceived whenever an injury would happen. Like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, you know, are you going to, um well blow my knee out you know that was that was that was the worst one as far as the the, what it took to come back from that the rehab the 
the mental aspect of it, but uh, the most detrimental one, I, I fractured my skull. I, I got kicked in the back of the head in a fight and that was the most <laughs> devastating as far as like that could have killed me very easily and should have, but as far as like healing from it, it was just time as opposed to like yeah. rehab and the, you know, like my knee was, that was just like the most awful shit ever, like dealing with, um, you know, getting, coming back from that was horrific. It was horrific. Yeah. I, uh, I was actually kind of hoping you were going to bring up getting kicked in the back of the head um i'm just do you mind sharing how you break your skull because if it was my understanding of the story the dude had shin pads on um, yeah you know but like i know like i'll check my fair tech shin pads and there's like i shouldn't be able to break a skull so yeah so, so how do you how do you break your skull you put metal plates in there <laughs> that's what you do so yeah they have they have these shin guards that are they're the small ones, but they have little pieces, little strips of bamboo is what's normally in them. So it's like kind of padding and then like a little bit of hard wood, but they can, you can take those out and you can put whatever you want in there. And what they do sometimes is they'll stick pieces of metal in their metal, metal strips. Um, yeah. He kicked me in the back of the head and on the video, it sounds like someone dropped a pumpkin off of <laughs> a sky rise like it my it sounded like my head exploded um i didn't know it was fractured actually and uh i fought again the next day and then and i found <laughs> i found out a month later that it was fractured because you know I was, I was i was having a lot of problems with my vision i thought i thought i just had a concussion or something but he was like i had an inch and a half fracture in the back of my skull um, the doctor was like you should be dead right now it, or at, at the least you should be a vegetable because it, it, if that had gone pushed into my brain, uh, my skull had gone in that, that would have killed me for sure. But that was, uh, you know, one, one of many, but that, that was the most life threatening injuries I've ever had. Do you feel like, um, getting injured is kind of similar to like that relapse feeling or that starting late feeling of now you got to catch back up and, um, like for me, whenever I can't train, I'll, I want to go watch and just be a part and, you know, like hang out, but at the same time, yeah. I don't want to not be able to do it. And it's just, <laughs> I'm, I'm realizing like, I'm just seeing everything keep going and me stuck. You know? Yeah. It's, it's tough. It, it's so tough, especially, especially after you've gone through it so many times, because in your brain, you feel like. I've done this so many times, this should be nothing. You know, it's like my last injury was I, I broke my thumb. I, I, I cracked my, uh, uh, my thumbs down through the bone there uh, two weeks before a fight I was supposed to have in Japan. And you would think this thumb wouldn't have been as detrimental as like my blowing my knee out. Be like, all right, you, ever, you overcame blowing an ACL out. This thumb is no big deal. But in a lot of ways, it, it was just as it was just as tough mentally. And I think, I think one, because it is such a small thing you're, you feel like it shouldn't be as bad. So you're not like prepared for the emotional kind of uh, mental aspect of, of dealing with it. And I'm like, fuck man, like after all this time, after almost 20 years, like I got to deal with this now, this stupid fucking thing. It's just a thumb, you know, 
but but it's it's one of those things where you realize er, there you're it's a constant learning it's a constant education like life is this constant uh lesson that just because you've gone through something one way doesn't mean you're not going to be taught the same lesson again just in a different way and mm-hmm. you know when again when you can simplify it and like here's an opportunity to get better or i can get worse and that's what i really viewed it as you know i had a, a day of like just feeling sorry for myself but i'm like all right well what can we do with this we can either get better from here or we can be like oh i'm poor me my thumb's broken i maybe i'm never gonna fight again and maybe it's too late in my career and i'm too old and you know uh, using those excuses to just break us down and, and it's like all you just you did all this work for the last 20 years and you're gonna let this little thumb like just destroy you and just ruin everything you just did i'm like no fuck that yeah. like i'm gonna I'm come out of this better um it it just it can be it's like the miles add up you know and the, mm-hmm. the injuries add up and you're like shit man it's like i don't want to i don't want to keep going through this but then you realize like that's what life is it's always going to do even if you stop fighting today this that's kind of lesson is going to be forever whether it's an injury whether it's a um a, a failure whether it's a, a death whether it's whatever you know life life is always gonna be forcing you to have those lessons and it's what you're gonna do with them but whether you're gonna come out of this a better person or a worse person and you know that that that's all on us you know you can't you can't use your excuses as like oh yeah well i had this going on so that's why i gave into this everybody we all have that so yeah i kind of just try to view those things as as a challenge and as a uh, you know a, a recognition that like nobody's nobody's special nobody deserves not to have bad things happen to them like everybody's kind of good good people bad people whatever you want to uh, call it like we're all going to go through this and you know you can say this isn't fair or this is this this is that but it doesn't change the fact that like you have a choice to make now doesn't matter why this thing happened it doesn't matter if if it was just it doesn't matter anything like you got a choice to make and what are you going to do about it Mm, yeah it's (laughs) yeah no you're exactly right you just kind of explained life i mean that's Mm. you know that that's it right there that's that's the beautiful thing about like this show um is that i don't talk just to fighters you know like Mm. i've I've actually talked to a couple doctors, clinical psychologists, um, technologists, you know, um, other fighters. It's just everyone has a fight. You know, yeah. some people have to put gloves on. Some people have to get out of bed. You know, yeah. like it, it's very hard to insert yourself into someone else's narrative and then, you know, understand what they're going through. Um, mm-hmm. another thing that I've noticed is self-justification, you know, to you, it may sound like an excuse, but I've justified everything to myself that I shouldn't do this or, you know, like it's okay to eat, you know, half a box of lucky charms at midnight, you know, or whatever <laughs> the hell it is, you know, like you can justify anything. It's for sure. It just, it just kind of sucks. Um, but yeah. So what do you have coming up in the future? You got any fights coming up soon or, no man i retired (laughs) my last fight was june uh that was my retirement fight i i uh i mean i kind of i've had like three i feel like i've almost had three careers um you know the first part of my career was all the way up until 
Um, I fought Sacadell, and then after I fought him is when I blew my knee out. And, you know, that that is what I view as like my career. But then after blowing my knee out and coming back from that injury, that was like my, my the years in line fight and, and, and all of that. And that was kind of just another stage of my career. And then after I got done with all that, and then I switched over to Bellator, which was the last like four or five years doing kickboxing. Um, that was, you know, just another piece. I, I mean, I've been crazy blessed and fortunate to, to have such a long career and so many different uh, aspects of it. But that last fight I did, uh, no matter what, I was like, before I retire, I have to at least do one more Muay Thai fight. And, you know, I was fortunate that uh, um, uh, I was able to make that happen. And it was on a, you know, awesome show in, in Florida. And, you know, after over the last two years, obviously, with everything going on, um, and, and just being at this stage in my career, it became, it became so much more of a job to where I was like having to schedule training sessions and, and body work and doing this and it, it stopped i mean the fun and the really and the enjoyment of the camaraderie camaraderie and, and everything like that had been gone for such a long time you know it, since i had like a team to work with like every day i'm going to go to the gym there's going to be x y and z there and these people and we're just going to work and uh, you know that's where it's kind of this you know it's like i would do that forever but when it becomes this thing where it's like I'm basically by myself in the garage training and I got to call a pad holder. I got to call someone to spar with. And um, that's kind of how it was the last couple of years. So it was, it took a lot of that, that fun out of it for me, which might've been a good thing. Cause I, I probably would, I would fight forever just cause I, I love to do it. But, mm -hmm. you know, I realized, you know, what am I really doing now? Like, am I, am I trying to, um, you know, are, are there titles I'm trying to win? Are there people I'm trying to be? Well, I'm really just, I'm just fighting because I love to do it. You know, I really love to do it. It's, it's fun for me, you know, but, but it'll always be that way. Even if I can't do it, I, I'd still, I, if I, if I let myself, I'd still be like crawling in the ring and trying, but I, I kind of, I never wanted to be that person that just kind of slowly is just each time you're just worse and worse and worse and worse. And there's a lot of reasons to that. You know, I find that most of the time, of course, everyone still wants to fight, but they're not willing to, or they can't physically put the work in that they need to yet. They're still trying to fight at that same level. Um, and that's why you see as fighter, you know, when fighters are like, Hey, maybe this guy should retire. He's still trying to fight at that same level yet. He's not able to, or willing to put the work in and, I was like, I'm never, I will never do that. I, I'm never going to do that. I, I, I was like, I want to be a person that kind of does this right or as right as you can. You know, yeah. I want to be, you know, an example to the younger fighters of how to go out the right way. You know, uh, that was something um, Gina said to me before I retired. She was like, you know, you, you've, you've been this kind of example of someone in the sport of, of how to overcome these things, how to, how to pick yourself up after you get knocked down. He's like, this is just another opportunity you have of how to show people how you would do this, like retire, mm -hmm. how Kevin Ross would retire, like do it, do it right. Do it the way you want to do it, do it, do it in your own words. Um, and then be done, you know, don't, 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 uh, don't kind of be stuck in the middle there. You know, yeah. this is it this is it and, and the, you know that was really the only thing that 
got me through the training up to that last fight because it was just fuck man it was like <laughs> it was just rough it was i mean not only just the way the world was but but the time and my career and the people i had to available to train with and i mean i was on my like third generation of fighters you know it, it became to where I'm, I'm like the guy, everyone, I'm helping everybody else out. Like who's, who's really helping me out and like pushing me to that extent of like keeping you sharp. And, you know, it's one thing when you're coming up with all these other really amazing fighters and killers and people that like you either got to sink or swim kind of thing. You know I mean? That's how I came up. I like lived in the fire with these lunatics who could kill me every day. And it forced me to get better and better and better. But as the years went by and people retired, it was like all of a sudden I'm in this position and like, I don't want to be here. I don't, I don't want to be this guy. I want to be the guy down here that I'm trying to get up to all these other guys. Mm. Um, and it just changed so drastically. And before I even realized it, you know, I was like, wait, what, what just happened? You know, why I don't understand what's going on anymore. And that, that in itself took some of the, I mean, I always enjoy helping people out and training people and stuff. It's like, if I'm fighting, I need, I need help. I need yeah. you to help me. And, and there's only so much that someone can do. That's not at that level, I guess. So what's pushing you now? And then, uh, yeah, I know I got to get you out of here, but if you don't have the fighting, um, cause I asked that question kind of just as a segue to, cause everybody's got a fight coming up, you know, yeah. I mean, not like in your case, like, you know, you're putting the gloves down, it's, but I've also heard that I feel like every fighter kind of says that. So, you know, something could happen. I mean, you got Tito Ortiz is still fighting. Like that shit's yeah. crazy. Um, but yeah. what do you have? <laughs> yeah, what, what do you have pushing you now? Uh, you know, coming uh, up on the horizons, and you know, for you have a huge online social media following. You know, and everybody's following you. So, kind of, what do you have coming up and pushing you? Uh, well, as you said, uh, we all have a excuse me, we all have a fight. I've always, not always, but I view kind of every day as just because I'm not fighting in the ring, those same, that same mentality, those same lessons are just as, if not more important now, because now I don't have that fight to push me. I don't have that person that's going to try to kill me to make sure I get my ass out of bed, make sure I'm eating right, making sure I'm taking care of myself physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, and it, it, it can become very easy to slack off because of that. You don't have that external driving force, but that should, I feel like that should always be there because life is, is much more of an opponent than a person is ever going to be. Um, particularly when you don't have to do it, that that's when it's even more important to do because you don't have to do it. Um, so, you know, I, I, I recognize that as long as I'm taking care of my, uh, physical, mental, and emotional health every day. You know, I got to make sure I'm working out. I got to make sure I'm eating relatively good. Um, you know, that, that allows me to have the, the, the tools necessary to live life the way um, that I should. And that I, especially now with the, with the way that the world is, uh, you know, I, I find it even more of a motivation, motivation to, to, to be the best that I can be. Mm -hmm. in all in all those aspects so you know after after i retired i let myself relax a little bit and you know we were traveling so much and, you know I, I just i just i just kind of 
let myself let go of everything. You know, I didn't think about what am I going to do from here? Uh, am I going to keep training? Am I going to keep working out? What am I going to do? Just, just kind of a clean break from everything, which was nice. You know, you know, once we kind of got settled down, I was like, all right, I need to, uh, at the very least move around a little bit. So I'm not a total piece of shit. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to die. Cause I'm like, I, I recognize how easy it is to slip back into that, you know, and, and it's like, the longer you wait, the harder it is to pick back up. And eventually what happens with most of us is it just seems impossible because we let it go for so long. Like I have so far to go that I'm just not even going to bother picking it up. And if anything, I'm going to go the other direction. So that's always been a motivator to me to, to not let myself ever get that way. So once I started kind of moving again, um, started working out again every day, getting my runs in. I mean, just over the last two weeks, I've re really started what I would call training again. I'm, I never really stopped being active. Um, so that, that's, that's been helpful. And, you know, getting back to, uh, started teaching a lot over the last six months. Um, and we have been traveling so much, but which is great for me because everywhere I go, I can just look up a gym. Like, hey, uh, we got some people that want to train. You know, I've, I've been doing a lot of seminars, doing a lot of private uh, lessons, um, going up to the fights on Thursday in Denver to check out the the world qualifiers. Um, so yeah, I'm staying staying involved in the sport as much as I can. Uh, I'm still working on my artwork and books, and uh, uh, I've been helping Gina with with all her projects and stuff. So uh, just like always, I'm always doing a multitude of things. Never never have this like one, one aspect of my life. Even as I was fighting, I'm still trying to juggle, uh, you know, all, all the other things that I like to do. Mm -hmm. So it's, I'm always on a, a multitude of, of journeys. Do you have a, a spot where everybody can go find your artwork? Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, they just shut down my, <laughs> one of my social media. <laughs> they didn't shut it down. They just made it to where I can't post anymore for like three months. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so Social my media jail. Yeah, it's great. Instagram, uh, the Soul Assassin is my main one. The Soul Artist is where I do all my art stuff. But you can go to my uh, my website is thesoulassassin.com, and that's got it's got all my artwork. It's got my books. It's got uh, you know blogs and videos and stuff like that. Um, same thing with Twitter. I think that's the same handle on there. So it's I'm pretty easy to find on social yeah, media and stuff. Yeah, and I'm going to definitely put all those in the, the show notes below and then um, right below the video on YouTube. Um, so go ahead and get you out of here. I just got one uh, more quick question. Uh, I like to kind of try to like see if I can't learn something directly from whoever I'm talking to um, with a problem I'm having. So right now I'm having an issue with trying to actually loosen up in the gym, um, you know, to everything's great for the first round. And then as soon as somebody corrects me, I'm in my head. And then I start fucking up combos. My footwork goes off and it's, it's just, it's all downhill. Yeah. How do you stop that and just have fun? Like legitimately, how is, I can't just loosen up and just go have fun. Yeah. You know, how did you got any tips? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one to do. Um, you know, I always, always tell, cause a lot of people, especially when they're starting out that they are very rigid and a lot of stuff that they do. Uh, one thing that's helpful and it, it doesn't feel helpful is 
you got to completely just exhaust yourself to where you have nothing left. And then everything like everything has to be loose and fluid because that's the only way to do it. Cause you can't really like use strength anymore. So you stop being so tense and rigid and you just got to kind of flow through it and finding that, that rhythm and that movement. The tricky thing with a lot of stuff in fighting is there is that aspect of being like very tight, very sharp, very strong, but you also need to be loose and fluid at the same time. And they feel like counterintuitive aspects, you know? So I would say it's more important for people to be loose and fluid because you can always tighten that up and you can always make that a little more firm, a little more sharp. Whereas we try to be so sharp and strong from the beginning that everything's so stiff and it's so rigid and we're, we're holding our breath and we're flexing all the time. And then we finally just like collapse and then we just fall apart, you know? So to be able to find it in a, a fluid way, um, like with a lot of, say you're, you're working on a combo before trying to do it perfectly right in a technical aspect, just, just getting kind of the motion of it down and then slowly start to tighten that up, um, sharpen it up, uh, making your, your, your strikes more crisp, um, you know, but, but finding that balance can be a little bit tough, but I would say like, stop trying to make it so, so perfect from the beginning because it's too, you're overdoing it. You know, you're, you're too yeah. rigid and then you just, your body just like, and you collapse, yeah. you know? So, so to be able to find, <laughs> kind of find that mid range if you can, or even, even farther on the, the looser side than you would normally want to, even if it's just for, for a minute or two, just to get the kind of like feel that the, mm. the motion of everything. Yeah. Um, one thing that can be helpful is, is, I mean, just to start practice doing that on your own, you know, whether it's at your house or in the gym, shadow boxing, but doing it in a rhythmic fluid way, not in a like sharp, everything's pop on point, you know, just like feeling your body move. That's something, uh, um, my buddy Eddie Abasola is so great at, you know, he kind of, he, he conveys that a lot. Just like, just being able to feel that rhythm, feel that, that, that kind of play with everything. It's like, like this rhythmic dance. It's not so serious. And, uh, you know, then you can kind of tighten that up and fine tune it and really make it sharp. But if that's not based in that, that rhythm, you know, it, it, it's counterproductive because we're, we're trying so hard and it's like just garbage <laughs> and then everything falls apart so you gotta you gotta find that that rhythm and that fluidity that that is much more important than, than really any of that other stuff because you can always tighten that up but but it usually doesn't go the other way you know you can't start tight and, and loosen up mm-hmm. because it, it um, you know you, you kind of give up so much in the process of that yeah yeah, it's kind of just like in life too. You, you gotta, right. it, they're always in collaboration with each other. So, mm-hmm. all right, man. I know I got to get you out of here. You're a very busy dude. Um, I appreciate you coming on sincerely. Um, yes, my pleasure, man. Everybody, go check out uh, Kevin Ross online. Maybe you can get a chance to uh, do a private with him. Um, sure. See him at a seminar or anything. Um, other than that, you got any final words for us? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate Perfect, you having man. me on there no i appreciate you coming on so all right kevin it's good talking to you and, likewise uh, bro. all right thanks man all right see i told you i told you guys 
told you this was going to keep going and get bigger. And you guys, you, you're the ones making this big. So thank you. Thank you for you guys listening. I've had a blast. Because of you, I got to have this conversation. And because of you, I'll get to have plenty more coming up. A lot more coming in the future. We'll talk about that in the future. Now I wanted to reflect on to this conversation. Kevin Ross is amazing. The the fact that I got to spend like about an hour, a little over an hour with this dude in like over a week, just kind of like texting back and forth, setting things up, um, is amazing. It's That's what I mean by the level up experience is just to be able to kind of soak up a little bit of that energy from somebody who's traveled the world doing what he loves. You know, at the core, isn't that all what we really want to do? There's just, there's something to that that I just had to latch on to. So, to Kevin, thank you for coming on, man. Really appreciate you. Um, and to everybody that's out there listening, thank you. Thank you again for listening to yet another episode of A Fighter's Story. And I do have the Patreon up. It is going. Um, everything will be linked below. And that is actually going to allow you to listen to this ahead of time. So instead of stagnated every Monday, as I get them edited and put them up, you will have direct access to them. So follow me over on Patreon. My personal Instagram is the underscore MMA dietitian. That's me. Uh, that's what I do when I'm not here, like everybody's in the herd. You know, I'm working with fighters for the nutrition and weight cut. And Kevin, um, I'm going to link his down below as well. Please shoot him some love. Um, that guy is all over YouTube, all over social media. You know, you just got to go check him out. But I do want to thank you one final time. I greatly appreciate the time that you spend listening to something that I spend a lot of my time on. So thank you again for that. Um, Until next time, goodbye.